0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I am your host as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the greater Greenville area. And just a reminder, as always, you can find all my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs, or to discuss the pod or whatever the case may be. That's how you can reach me. And as well, Um, Just a reminder, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. If you love the show, please leave a five-star rating. Please uh, click the button for hitting uh, and leaving a short little review. I would appreciate all of that. We have, uh, you know, I was looking recently that this podcast is like ranked number 37 in the how-to section of podcasts, something to that effect. It's hard to actually track that kind of stuff. But um, but anyway, we don't have the ratings or the reviews to reflect that we're getting that many listens. So I would appreciate if you're a listener that you please go ahead and leave a rating, leave a review. That would uh, really go a long way for me and for the pod. I'd appreciate that. Um, today we're going to be talking about what is happening in the state and local government because you may know that this is a very, very big year for the political scene, the local political scene here in Greenville, we have a lot of elections happening this year. In fact, we've already had one. Um, we had uh, a special uh, election primary that happened a few weeks ago in Greer, um, and there's going to be a whole lot more coming here in in the upcoming uh, in in the future. And these elections are extremely important. We had an election last uh, last time around, which I'm trying to think. I think it was a couple of years ago is the one that I'm thinking of um, that ended up being decided by, I believe it was four votes. This was a county council election. Four votes decided it. And guess what? The person that won um, has done, done some very controversial things. And for the most part, uh, I haven't heard a lot of good things about it. I'm going to be very careful with, with what I say here, because last time around that we had elections, I endorsed some people, and some of those people I regret endorsing, and I you know would not <laughs> endorse them the second time around. So I'm probably not going to do endorsements unless I have a really strong opinion, and I don't have that yet um, for most of the people running. Um, so we're gonna keep this on a higher level, but I just want you guys to to start thinking in your mind these county council, these state house, uh, you know, representative positions, candidates that uh, these people are running for. These are very, very important. These directly impact you in a lot of ways more than what your state senator or your state uh, or sorry your uh, federal uh representatives, your legislators on the federal level and whatnot, these tend to be the people that directly impact you the most because they are your state and local officials. And, and yet, in spite of that, a lot of people tend to get more excited about presidential elections, about uh, federal elections, those types of things. What happens in Washington, D.C. does obviously impact you. But what happens in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, impacts you usually more quickly um, and in more direct ways than what happens in D.C. Okay, with all of that in mind, here's where I want to take this podcast right now, because this episode specifically. Because, like I said, I'm not going to be making endorsements or not going to be talking about specific candidates here. Um, What I want to talk about is kind of what the state and local candidates and officials that I have spoken to so far are thinking about when it comes to real estate, where their headspace is when it comes to real estate concerns either directly or indirectly within uh, within the upstate. Now you might be thinking, how do I know this? where do I where do I have this insider information? Well, um, I'm a member of the realtor realtor political action committee um, and RPAC Uh, which is obviously the abbreviation for it, um, is a group that's designed to help promote development, fair housing, affordable housing, anything related, private property ownership, anything related to housing, RPAC, we try to support that. And part of how we try to support that is when there are candidates for elections, when there are elections coming up, we actually interview as many candidates as we can. Basically, any candidates that will uh, sign up for an interview, we reach out to all of them. If they agree to an interview, then we interview them. And as part of that interview process, we determine whether we're going to support and endorse them. And usually, we take some time to um, make sure that they understand what issues are important to us. Because those that at the end of the day, we represent about four thousand members. the The Realtor Political Action Committee does. We have four thousand, roughly speaking, realtors in the Upstate, and so that's a that's a big group uh, in comparison to some of the other consolidated groups that they're talking to in the Upstate. Um, now, to clarify one thing, because I have gotten this question before, I don't do lobbying. Okay, and, and those of us, the realtors in there that are part of the of the pack, um, we don't do lobbying. That's not part of being on the Realtor Political Action Committee. Now, does the Realtor Association do lobbying? Yes, they have lobbyists. Um, that is not what I'm doing, okay? So just to be clear on that, because some people might get triggered by the idea of me being a part of the Realtor, a part of a political action committee, um, but but that's not what my... Role is that's not anything that I'm doing in this. Um, so in election years, as I said, we talk to candidates and support those we think will do things that will help the housing. Generally speaking, the housing market in Greenville. This is a nonpartisan uh, committee. We don't. We're not. You know, en- endorsing inherently one party versus another. It's just talking about housing. That's the important thing. Um, now all of the pe- people, and I've uh, the past week I've interviewed as part of the committee several people running for office, um, all of them were either re- running for Greenville County Council or running for State House. So that's important to keep in mind as I discuss, you know, what issues we were talking about. So what are the candidates, at least the ones that I've spoken to so far talking about, specifically from a real estate standpoint, and what should you be thinking about when assessing who to vote for? Um, again, these issues are really, really important. And these are the things that, that these candidates are bringing up because their constituents or their potential constituents are bringing them up to them. First and foremost, I mean, what we heard from almost everyone as like a primary concern And in many cases, the number one concern was infrastructure and how to pay for it. And this is one of those indirect things with regard to real estate, because the how to pay for it" bit is a very important detail, right? So here's what we keep seeing happening. We need to build more houses. We've talked about this before. We have very low inventory. The only way that we ease inventory is by building more houses. It's literally that simple um infrastructure though is has to be part of that right there has to be road widening there has to be expansion of utilities sewer water things like that and who pays for that is a and how that happens is a major part of this is that a fee that should get passed on to the developers that would be kind of a more libertarian type of approach um, and those of you who know me know that I lean more libertarian, but from a housing perspective, um, most realtors would be against what we call impact fees, fees that developers have to pay in order to bring in this additional infrastructure. And there's a logic behind it. Um, the, the logic behind it is that if you have, let's say an area that has 5,000 homes in it. And, and a developer comes in and says, "Hey, I want to build two hundred homes, you know, in this area. Why are they having to shoulder all of the burden to widen the roads, to to you know, do all these different things, repave areas, um, to help the entire area when they're only adding to the homes by a fraction of an amount in comparison to uh, a small fraction in comparison to what the other homes in that area consist of. Um, so that's that's a big point of debate. The like it or not, um, the realtor political action committee in the past has uh, has encouraged increasing gas taxes in order to um, help with the road situation here in the state. Um, I don't know if that's going to be very popular for improving this in in the future because of of how high you know gas prices are last time we had a gas tax increase it was when gas prices were very very low um they kind of took advantage of that and you know here we are now that said south carolina does have pretty low gas taxes in comparison to the rest of the u.s so that's going to be a big debate that we probably hear happen after the after the midterms they're going to have to decide okay are we going to increase gases, uh, gas taxes rather, in order to try to help the infrastructure, specifically the road situation here uh, in the state of South Carolina? Um, but right now, probably the number one concern I heard from people running for county council, for people running for state house, is the concern for infrastructure and who's going to pay for it. That's going to be a major battleground because... Um, and, and, you know, part of this, too, is you have some areas, some very rural areas that are just getting neglected. And that's not surprising. Where do you think that money is going to, to tend to flow to? It's going to tend to flow to those more urban areas that have more people in them. So, you know, if you have roads that are getting just more traffic on them, those tend to be the priority. But then you've got these rural areas and, and they are still growing as well, Where what happens when their roads are just completely crumbling? How do you handle that? And you've got developers wanting to build out there, um, and those are areas that are are growing and, and are expanding. But if you've got crumbling infrastructure out there, that's a big problem. So you've got some people fighting for their district, seeing like, hey, out in Pickens County, we have some pretty dangerous and narrow roads with a lot of potholes around here. Um, what do we do about that? And when are we going to actually see some money out there versus going you know, to the, the more densely populated areas of Greenville County? Um, so all of those things are, um, are, are being debated right now and are, and are major talking points for those uh, running this year for the various positions that are, uh, that are open. Um, this second thing on my list here and, and the rest of these aren't necessarily in any particular order. That infrastructure one was, was one for a reason. Uh, But the next one that gets, that got brought up, honestly, a lot, we didn't, with some candidates, we had to bring it up, um, and, and, you know, ask them if it was important to them. A lot of them, this is just a natural part of their platform was housing affordability. Now, and, and that's music to everyone's ears, right? We all want housing, housing has gotten so unaffordable in the upstate, um, we need it to be more affordable. And I've, I've discussed this a lot of times in my podcast. Um, now, for what most of the of these candidates, what most of them meant when they talked about housing affordability, was basically finding developers who would incorporate affordable housing into their developments, and then basically incentivizing them on a government level, um, and maybe on a public-private partnership level uh, to do that. Um, so that's the that was the idea that we heard the most was to when there are new developments coming into town that they need to dedicate a portion uh, of that development to "quote-unquote" affordable housing, which can mean a few different things. That can mean that uh, that part of the development has to be Uh, basically offered for cheaper for people to purchase. But most frequently what that means is that uh, as developers are building, you know, rental units, apartments and whatnot, that they have committed to setting aside a large portion of those rental units to be affordable by various metrics. Um, And so that's something that, is on the front of mind for a lot of these candidates. Um, Those who are incumbents, those who are already in office, are already in the council and are running again, they generally understand that there needs to be more development in general, not just affordable units. The the focus on the affordable units was generally by people who aren't incumbents, um, which cuts both ways, right? The incumbents need to understand that there, that there may be a need for developers to just bring in affordable housing, not just to develop more. And on the flip side, those who are running for the first time or are, are attempting to win for the first time, they need to understand that affordability on the whole uh, happens when there's more supply, um, and, and so you don't just impact affordability by focusing on affordable housing, you also have to to talk about um, developing to scale and driving, you know, maybe not driving down the price of housing, but, but making it to where there's more opportunities for people to buy, which then as supply increases, that helps to make things more affordable just in general. However, obviously, um this can then be at odds with the infrastructure concern, right? If you're building, if you're developing more, then that takes us back to the infrastructure concern. So there is really a tug of war here between the infrastructure concern and the housing affordability concern. Because then you run into, if you have a developer that's that's developing affordable housing, which generally speaking, they're not going to make as much money doing that as they would uh, just developing not affordable housing what what one candidate called market rate housing. Um, they're gonna make more money building market rate housing than affordable housing we, that that's obvious. But then if they're building the affordable housing and then they're also responsible for paying for the infrastructure, you know, widening roads and and doing things like that, um, now so combining both of those concerns, the infrastructure concern with the housing affordability concern, now you're kind of squeezing the developers in both directions, um, and that might result in no development. Um, so these candidates, they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to figure this out. County council is going to have to figure this out. Um, our state reps are going to have to to figure this out as well. There, there's a lot of different opinions and different approaches to be taken, and hopefully they um, are able to make some some steps in the right direction. Um, in the upcoming months when it uh, and, and years uh, when we have these elections and then when they uh, step into office or step into the council. All of this leads to the matter of growth, another buzzword that we heard a lot, which it's an important word. It's not just a buzzword, growth, uh, which means a lot of different things. But on the most basic level, it means population growth, because that's what we're seeing. Uh, Greenville County is supposed to grow in population by another 200 to 250,000 people, roughly speaking, in the next 10 years, is my understanding. And so uh, that's a lot of people, you know, Um, I haven't looked at it recently. But I think Greenville County right now is in the the maybe 600,000 person range. So we're talking about um, you know, maybe increasing that by a third. Um, that's a massive increase. And there's a lot that has to be done over the next 10 years to uh, to prepare for that, which is why the infrastructure concern is a legitimate concern. Um, but we also, ha- as you have that many people coming in, where are they going to live, they have to live somewhere. Um, and so every district wants growth to slow in their district, right? Nobody, you know, out in Pickens uh, County where they have all that, uh, you know, farmland. Everyone has, you know, several acres that they live on, generally speaking. Um, nobody wants a big development to go up next to them. They all want that development to go, you know, several miles away or to a, a different district or, or what have you. Um, and several people that we interviewed insinuated that they, they, they came right out and said – um, that they want the other districts to shoulder uh the growth responsibility. They don't want growth in their district. Um, well, this is a problem, right? this is this is not going to help, generally speaking, um the the housing affordability aspect uh, of of this discussion. But as well, you know, those people that want growth, they have to, have houses in order to to grow in, in order to just not get stagnant right they they want growth but they don't want growth a, a lot of these people in office and a lot of these candidates they they want you know you know the downtown areas to be nicer for there to be more green space for there to be more businesses for there to be better grocery stores all these things but they don't want houses to accompany all of those things well what happens if you Build all of those things again. Not trying to to pick on Pickens County, but you've got all of those things. People wanting all of those things in Pickens County, but are they supposed? Where are they supposed to live? Are they supposed to commute from Greenville to go out to Pickens? Why not build houses in Pickens to support that growth? So again, there's a lot of push and pull when it comes to all of these different things that. Um, quite frankly, a lot of these candidates don't fully understand. You have to, you'll have to do your research, um, when you find out who you're, you're going to be voting for in the upcoming elections. We got primaries first and then general, do your research and, and hear what their platforms are and whether those platforms are even reasonable. Um, I I will say I was impressed that one candidate that we interviewed, only one, um, out of many really understood that his district desperately needed more housing in general, that it wasn't just affordable housing, that they needed more housing specifically for one reason. This person um, has a district that covers that Donaldson Center area of Greenville. Um, And those of you that know that area know that there's really no grocery store anywhere near there and that's a major problem particularly for those who do have lower income and and perhaps don't have reliable transportation if they have to drive 20 25 minutes to a grocery store that's a big deal as opposed to maybe being able to take some public transportation or or maybe being able to even afford to uber or or maybe even be able to walk or ride a bike so for a long time we've had people trying to push to get grocery stores in that area, but there's a major problem. Um, the, the grocery stores either want the general um, income level of that district, of that area to be higher, or they want the population to be higher in order for them to uh, to be able to, to put a grocery store. They have very strict metrics by which they determine where they put a, a new grocery store. Um, and so there was one candidate that, that is uh, attempting to represent that area that realized we just need we need more houses in this area so that we can potentially help the entire area with more commercial development, specifically having uh, at least one grocery store in the area. So, um, so that was interesting to see. Um, another topic in the real estate discussion that got brought up a lot um not not as much as as these others but it got brought up a, a decent amount was the issue of gentrification um and this was a, an interesting one several candidates have an interest in seeing people who get pushed out of a community due to gentrification or or out of their house because they can no longer afford to keep up with it the area has gentrified so they have to sell they're they're kind of pushed into that option um, or perhaps they're on a fixed income, and as areas get gentrified, they get reassessed by the county, and then their property taxes go up, and now they can't even afford their property taxes. Um, there are several candidates that want to, there to be a pathway for these people to be able to go back into those communities. Um, this is going to be a, a an interesting discussion, and it, it's a tricky one as well. I'm and. We didn't get into specifics on this. Obviously, our interviews could only go so long, but, uh, but there was one candidate in particular that this is a very major part of his platform. and the, the only thing that I can figure that he's thinking is if people are pushed out of a house that they have somewhere that they can go that they can rent that would be affordable, which probably wouldn't be a house. It would probably be an apartment or a condo or something like that. Um, but... Whatever the case may be, we all recognize that, and I've talked about this many times before, gentrification cuts both ways. It does kick people out of a community that they've perhaps been in for a very, very long time, Um, but it also helps people's home values to go up. Um, If we could find a way to keep people's home values going up and still allow people to To stay within their communities, they they won't be able to necessarily stay within their house because of the things that I just that I just brought up. But if they have if they're forced into a position where they have to sell, they they have options where they don't have to completely just move to you know from Greenville and down to Fountain Inn or something drastic like that. Um, So that was an issue that got brought up a lot. We're going to be hearing. More and more about this as the house, housing affordability um, goes down and down, and and this has been this has been kind of one of those topics that a lot of people have tried to avoid for years and years is the topic of gentrification, um, and we're going to see this becoming a bigger talking point because it's a it's a bigger issue. It's something that is increasingly needing to be discussed, and so that that will be interesting to see. How the different candidates discuss that topic in these upcoming elections. Um, last but not least, taxes got brought up, um, and um, this gets brought up more for those running for the state house than those running for for county council. Um, technically, the county does collect the tax, um, but there's a lot of state uh, influence in terms of of what taxes actually, what is actually in those property taxes and and how the rates get determined and and various things like that. It's a mixture, right? The county influences some, the state influences it some. Uh, But generally speaking, when it came to the tax discussion, because the state ultimately controls the entire tax code and you can't really overhaul property taxes in any meaningful way without overhauling the entire tax code. This discussion got brought up much more uh, with those running for state house and those running for county council. Um, and, and it got brought up enough to warrant a discussion here. Um, now, for the most part, I think that most think that property taxes are where they need to be. Um, I've mentioned this before, but South Carolina has one of the lowest owner-occupied tax rates in the U.S. and one of the highest non-owner-occupied tax rates in the U.S. Um and I had to remind a few of these candidates as they talked about issues of gentrification and whatnot um, and issues of, of lack of affordable rental properties um, that rents ballooning in Greenville are largely due to property taxes going up and how severely landlords are penalized here in, in the state of South Carolina. Um, so that was something I made sure to point out to them. There's no easy fix for that. Because there's so much, uh, the the tax code is relying so much on those landlords and on commercial properties in order to to pay the bills. And I mentioned before that some of the candidates who are more concerned about affordable housing were concerned with the fact that owner occupied tax rates, um, or or really the tax assessments are the are the proper way of saying that the owner occupied taxes due to higher tax assessments are going up and hurting people on a fixed income Um, and with the result that some people are getting kicked out of homes that they don't even have a mortgage on that they have owned for 30, 40 years because they can no longer afford their property taxes. Um, But again, as I already said, South Carolina has one of the lowest owner-occupied tax rates in the U.S. and one candidate uh, mentioned that for every one dollar that a homeowner pays on their owner-occupied property, they actually get back statistically a dollar and four cents of services. Um, so they're not paying into the system what they're getting out. It's the landlords and businesses that are shouldering the burden for everyone else in the state, basically. Um, and and so the end result of that is that there's a lot more encouragement for then commercial development than there is for residential, which as a realtor, I'm okay with commercial development, but not at the expense of housing, obviously. Um, The idea of changing the property tax code is something that Columbia has talked about. This is something our governor has talked about. This is something that our legislators have discussed. Um, And from a real estate standpoint, Realtors would generally like things to be a little bit more equitable, that we don't like the fact that the rental property tax rate is so high. Why are why are mom and pop landlords paying the same amount as a major commercial enterprise is paying in, in property taxes? That doesn't seem fair. Um, and so that's something that's being discussed. Um, and that, that's a big deal. That's hurting, again, the housing affordability for when it comes to rental properties, um, but in order for that to be changed in any meaningful way, again, you have to change the entire tax code, um, and, and that's going to be daunting. I, I don't see how we're going to do that. There's a lot of division right now in Columbia, um, and getting, the, getting the, the tax code rewritten to make the property tax situation better for, for landlords, that's going to be tough. That, that's that's going to be a tough sell for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people don't like landlords. They they have this uh, misconception uh, that landlords are all these big, you know, institutionalized companies uh, that are just raking in tons and tons of money. They don't have the, the concept of most landlords. Ninety percent of landlords are just mom and pop uh, landlords that only own, you know, one, two, three, four units. And. Um, but but the reality is the public perception it's really hard to change that um so we'll have to see where things go with that but that was the the tax situation the property tax situation specifically was brought up by by multiple candidates some that that recognize that there are issues when it comes to that some that that didn't um some that are just running on a just low tax, uh, lower tax platform in general. They just want to see all the taxes get lowered. They think that our our state government is too big. Um, So there's a lot of varying opinions when it comes to this. But I encourage all of you, when the time comes to vote, look at what these people are campaigning, what platforms they're campaigning on. There are some, like I said, some very important elections coming up. The uh, chairman of county council um, has has a re-election going on here um and he has several people running against him that's a very important election to watch go through the no- go through the news and and read about some of the things that the Greenville county council chairman um has been doing the past year I think that'll be pretty eye-opening for a lot of you um And again, that's not me saying to vote for him or not to vote for him. But it's important that you know what's actually happening. And uh, I will probably have more information as we get through the primary season, as we interview more people for the general election. Um, But for right now, that is what I'm seeing. Those are the real estate-related concerns that I'm seeing locally. And, uh, and, And it's good to see. It's good to see that they aren't just concerned about um, about things that aren't related to housing because we know that there are these infrastructure concerns, that that we do have housing affordability concerns, that we do have gentrification concerns, that we do have tax code concerns. So it's good that these candidates are recognizing that and now we just need to get the right people in there with the right solutions and, uh, and hopefully we can do that. I appreciate you guys for listening. All of my contact information is in the show notes as always. Rate, review, subscribe to the show, and we'll talk again next week.